So, can we get started? Good. All right, so let me tell you my history with sales. So I do have a pretty extensive history with sales. My father actually was a salesman. He was a really good salesman. My brother is also a really, really good salesman. My other brother is actually a really good salesman. They have careers in sales. My other brother also is a salesman, and they have a really good career in sales. My other brother actually also is a salesperson, and all of them are doing really good. And my other brother is a cop. So it's salesman, 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 cop, chiropractor. Don't ask me how that happened. But our history with sales, I have a BS in marketing. I think most of you know that. I went to school to learn how to actually work in the business environment and to actually sell because I saw my father do it very successfully and that's what I wanted to learn. So I graduated in 1983 with a BS in marketing and right out of school, I got hired by a company called Reuben Donnelly. Anybody ever hear of them? They were owned by Dun & Bradstreet. Anybody ever hear of them? Largest marketing company in the world. And their headquarters are in Manhattan, and I spent a month getting trained on sales. And a lot of what I'm going to teach you today, even some of the technology they were using back then. Um, so I worked for a company after I left them called the Hilliard Company, which was selling industrial maintenance supplies. And they're a nationwide company, and that's where my four other brothers all work. Five other brothers. Four other brothers all work. Um, so what happened was I got injured. Most of you know that story. It got me, I realized, you know, I was more passionate about what fixed me, which was chiropractic, than I was with selling industrial maintenance products. You know what industrial maintenance products are? Floor wax, disinfectants. I would go into hospitals and I would sell disinfectants to the, the um, nursing staff that was in charge of nosocomial infection and uh, iatrogenic infection. And I used to sell disinfectants, degreasers to nuclear power plants. So my job, I, sometimes I'd be wearing a hard hat, walking with a briefcase and a tie through a, a nuclear power plant or through a hospital. Or th I mean, I went to every possible business you could think of. Um, and that actually was one of the best experiences because as a chiropractor, I leaned back on those tools that I learned on how to sell things to get people to realize. And we're going to show you those tools today. They're very, very logical. When you hear them, you're going to go, wow, I didn't know that. That makes sense. So our history with sales, now you know Colleen, and she's here. So is she in the room right now? No, she's outside. But uh, anybody know where that picture was taken? Grant Cardone's studio, which is right across the hall from his office. So they wanted to get a picture of us in his studio. And um, how many saw the interview with Colleen and I and Grant Cardone? Yeah, it was pretty cool. So Grant Cardone is behind our movement of stopping the opioid crisis. Did you know that? Yeah, there's a lot of people. We're going to talk about that a little bit this weekend. But we are actually working on getting a lot of support to help us stop the opioid crisis. And we actually have secured lines with John Rosa to Hollywood producers and directors who are interested in working with us in stopping the opioid crisis. So that's pretty cool. You're going to hear about that in the next six months. Thank you. Um, so we had a 700 visit a week chiropractic clinic. It was the biggest chiropractic clinic in southeastern Pennsylvania. Um, I did that in less than five years. I got my first associate when I was doing 425 visits a week. Seriously. And my, I remember uh, I, I was an associate for a year, and then I started my practice. And the guy I was an associate with said, you're going to kill yourself. I'm like, no, I'm going to do 500 a week. But uh, 425, I finally went, you know what? This is like starting to break the machine. The nose cone is glowing, and the whole plane is shaking, and I had to get help. Um, when we integrated, which was in 1996, 
We ran a 500 active visits per week practice for 10 years in Georgia. I mean, I'm sorry, in Pennsylvania. Um, we owned multiple integrated clinics in states that we do not, did not live in at the same time. So I, I had multiple practices in Tennessee. I have never lived in the state of Tennessee. Um, and we had a 300 visit per week weight loss clinic in Chattanooga, Tennessee, literally a line out the door. That's all cash. So we've learned over the years how to ask patients for cash. And it's not a personality thing. There's a formula to it, which we're going to teach you over the next whatever hours. Okay? So every clinic we have owned collected at least a million dollars or more annually since 1995. Every clinic I've ever owned did that. So we're actually pretty successful at asking people for co-payments, for deductibles, and for cash for services that is not covered. Um, so I want to go over a couple definitions so you understand this, and this should be in your book. So there's three types of cell, soft cell, hard cell, and crushed cell. And you let me know when you want to jump in, Bob, if there's anything you want to go over. Okay. So have you ever heard these terms before? Okay. Soft sell is accepting reasons why somebody won't buy. So how many of you do the testing for new employees through CBA? Just a couple of you. How many do not do the testing for new employees? Okay, who does it? Raise your hands again. Good, 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 good. Who doesn't do it? Bad, 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 bad. How do you know these people? Look, most of us, not, not all of us are married, but most of us are married. But I'll, I'll bet you everybody in this room had a date at least once in their life, right? So when you have a date, the first date you ever have, do they show you their good side or their bad side? They show you the absolute best good side they really don't even have. They make it look better than it actually is. Am I right? Yep. That's an interview. So how do you know these people are not putting a whammy on you or just trying to make themselves look a lot better than they are? How many of you ever hired somebody and found out later, Oh my God, I was so much better when I was shorthanded than I was after I hired this person. Yeah, you need to do some testing, some sort of testing. Now, CBA does some testing, the same program that I have used for the last 20 years to try to get a personality trait of people. And you want to find that out before you bring these people on because if you find out that somebody you hired was actively working to disrupt your business, has anybody ever had that experience? Found out later they were actually trying to destroy your business? All right, so you have to know if these people are actually working with you or against you. And you can't do it by how bubbly they are, because sometimes that bubbly person is the most evil person you're ever going to meet. Right? Have you ever had that experience? Yeah. So you want to know, sometimes that quiet person is a dynamo just sitting there, and you want to know that. So you need to do some sort of testing. So if you want to find out how to do that at the break, talk to Bob or talk to some of the people for CBA. It is a courtesy that we do for AMI clients. It costs to do the testing, but I'm telling you, it is totally worth the investment. Um, so soft sell is accepting the reasons why somebody won't buy. So you could have somebody who is very agreeable to everything. And if you do that testing on employees, um, the term, the, the ca category for that is, uh, what is it? Can't think of the word. Whether they're agreeable or not agreeable. I stumped them. All right. Well, anyway, there's a category in there that finds out if somebody is somebody who just agrees with everything and gets along with everything, or if they disagree. Now, you don't want to have somebody who is totally against everything. Um, that word's going to come to me. But you want to know if, if your salesperson is sitting there and somebody goes, yeah, I can't afford it, and they go, oh, okay. Lack of accord. Lack of accord. 
either lack of accord, that, that is lack of agreement. Accord is like Johnny Depp in um, Pirates of the Caribbean where he said, do we have an accord? Do we have an agreement? So accord means agreement. And if somebody has lack of accord, they don't get along with anybody. They don't agree with anything. So we did this test on an employee and she, there's 10 categories and she scored really high on every category except lack of accord was minus 80. And then it went back up and we thought, well, that's gotta be a mistake, so we hired her. And this girl, working in our insurance department, could run circles around anybody, including Colleen, the only employee I've ever seen that could work faster than Colleen to date. And one day I'm walking past the room and she's on the phone and she's going, listen, you bonehead, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, who are you talking to? Blue Cross Blue Shield. I'm like, hang up the phone. And that's what we had to deal with. Everybody that came into our room, look, you idiot. And people would call me up crying because we had multiple clinics. Oh, Gretchen yelled at me. And I'm like, I finally I said, Gretchen, you yell at one more person, you're fired. Now, it, the graph told me that before I hired her, that she was going to do that. So you need to test your employees. And if you do, and you get somebody that doesn't have a high accord, but maybe not that low, that might be a good salesperson. Because if you're a salesperson and somebody says, I can't afford it, and you go into agreement with them, guess what they're not going to buy? Your services. You don't want to agree with their stupid reasons. So just, just look at it this way. Let me survey you guys. When a patient comes in, are they usually in good control or bad control of their health? So are you going to let them make the decisions from that point on? No. Your job is not to be their friend. Your job is to be their doctor. And that means sometimes disagreeing with their stupid reasons of, why, well, I just don't do anything stupid and my back is okay. Like what? Hey, Randy. Is that Randy? How are you? All right, the Texas contingent showed up. Are you here for this training? Awesome. So, um, so do you understand that concept? You don't want to do soft sell because that's a person like, oh, yeah, I understand. You don't want to go into agreement with these people because if you go into agreement with their reasons, guess what else you go into agreement with? their condition, okay? Hard sell is not being reasonable. Now people go, hard sell, that's me. No, it's not. Well, I can't afford this. Well, let me go back over what this has done for your life, right? That is hard sell. It's not being a jerk, it's holding your ground, knowing, hey, we got a system that works and they need it, and they're figuring out reasons not to get it. I'm not going to agree with that. That is the definition of hard sell. Do you guys understand that? The one that everybody's afraid of is crush sell. We do not do crush sell. Crush sell is where you just impinge on a person, impinge, Bobby, you got to buy it, 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 until he finally goes, okay, I'll buy it. What's he going to do when he leaves? He's going to call back with buyers and Morris want his money back. That comes from crush sell. So just so everybody's on the same page, we do not do crush sell. We do hard sell. And that means hard sell means not accepting their reasons as to why they should have the problem. Does everybody understand that? Yes? There's three possible answers to everything I say today. Here they are. Ready? Hey, Bryce. How are you? So here's the answers. Yes? No? I don't know what you're talking about. So does everybody understand that? Yes. Thank you. Um, pressure. What is the definition of pressure? In any type of system, any, any type of circumstance, what is pressure? Force. It's pushing something in a direction. So pressure is force 
used to move a prospect out of apathy and into action. Let me tell you this, the whole key in marketing, when I was trained by Dun & Bradstreet, was that statement right there. How do you get somebody out of apathy and into action? You've heard the term call to action? Raise your hand if you've heard that term. Good. Well, if you haven't heard it, it's a definition in marketing that gets a prospect motivated to buy your product. Got it? You can see on TV, they're really trying to work on this. You watch an ad on TV and they'll say, call right now and the number's flashing. That's their call to action. And they're giving you a reason to call. Call right now and we'll, do, we'll throw this in. Call right now and we'll do that. Right? That's a call to action. So pressure is moving people along that path. Does that make sense? Now, apathy and action could be considered emotions. So what is the definition of emotion. Dan's got it. Something coming from inside out, right? Think about that. Think about an idea right now. Any idea about anything you want to think about right now and raise your hand when you got it. Okay, there's three people, four people, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 13, 14, thank you. Anybody that doesn't have an idea, raise your hand. Okay, so where's that idea? Is it in your brain? If we killed you right now and dissected, we go, look, look, there's an idea. Look at that one. Oh, ooh, that's a bad one. Is the idea in your brain? Where's your mind? Is it in your body? Is it in your head? Where did the Greeks think your brain was? Your stomach. It's a feeling. Where's a feeling? It's nowhere. It's not even in this universe. So here's what I was taught when I was working for Dun & Bradstreet. When somebody, you're trying to get somebody to move into action, you got to get that idea that they have about maybe I need that product into reality. And how do you do that? Mo with emotions. You have to get the concept into reality by triggering their emotion. The definition of the word emotion is outward motion. So whoever came up with that definition was thinking exactly like I'm saying right now. You get this concept somewhere, how do you get that into the world? Through emotion. This is probably the most key concept we are gonna cover today. Because when you try to sell somebody anything, you're gonna elicit emotion. Raise your hand if you believe that to be true. That is the most true statement I'm gonna give you today you have to trigger emotion. So we're gonna talk about emotion and what, what the pattern of emotions could be as you trigger this response. Because sometimes those emotions will scare the salesperson off when really you were moving the person in the right direction. Do you understand that? Okay.